this evening we are looking at the subject of hearing from God or hearing God's voice. And it's a very, very crucial um, subject. I know that in one way or other, most of us, if not all of us, we hear God to one degree or other. But it's important to also look into God's word and understand um, the doctrinal basis for which God encounters us to understand those encounters and it also helps to keep us you know um, it helps to uh, the, the understanding of the deeper understanding of a subject like this the more you know enriched that our walk with God is um, I remember that there was someone who once I, I once encounter, I encountered the person and the person said I don't like I don't like all this so the person was um, attending a particular Pentecostal church in Lagos and I started getting to know him through another friend and I discovered that he had a heart for God he wanted you know someone that wants to know God has a sincere spirit so I introduced him to some of the messages of not even our church because at this time I don't think that I was permanent in Lagos or I, or maybe I was in transition hadn't fully yet attended started attending governing church but the some of the people that I knew then that were also um that I felt like if you listen to this person you will grow spiritually so I think I recommended uh, some of pastor Luby Johnson's messages to this person and the person was like no 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 I don't like all these prophetic things I'm like pastor Luby Johnson is not even What's so prof like yeah, Pastor Luby Johnson, you know, he um his church they how do I say they expose their members to um walking in the walking in the gifts of the spirit and other. But if you listen to his core teachings, his core teachings are about um you know de developing the spirit man, things about praying in the spirit, obeying God and all that. And it was just like no 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 no, I don't like prophetic i don't at the end of the day when i dug deep i found out that the guy had he has had bad experiences he has been to places where they've tried to use prophetic to control you you know when you when you when you come from a background where maybe in the family there was crisis and then somebody came and said they had prophetic gifts and said that your mother is the witch and scattered the family and all that kind of thing. you know the next time you hear prophetic or maybe somebody used prophetic to collect all your father's money. Use prophetic to, <laughs> to, you know, use prophetic to manipulate and do all kinds of things. But the next time you hear that something is prophetic, maybe even if it didn't happen to you directly, if it happened to someone close to you, you don't want to hear about it. You just feel like all of this thing is confusion. Let's just go straight to loving God and, you know. Um, so there are people that have limitations like that. There are people, there are other people that, I have met and they are in so much confusion when it comes to the subject of hearing God. They are in so much confusion. They are sure of what God is saying today. Tomorrow is like they are not sure again. Next tomorrow God has said a different thing and you know, you are just asking them what is the it's like they you know, those people they don't have rest 
they can't rest in, in the will of God. They just feel that they somehow are more convinced in the power of the devil to, to lead them to error, to make them make mistakes. They are, they, are, they are praying that God should speak to them, but as, as, as much as they are expecting God to speak to them, they are also expecting the devil to speak to them. So, so when you say, what did you hear? Say, I don't know whether it is God or it is the devil. Who did you pray to? Is it the devil that you pray to to speak to you? You know, so, but they, they, don't, they don't have confidence. They don't feel that they have the capacity to hear God and it is pure, it is true, it is correct. So there are all kinds of things that, you know, um, hang around that subject. And I'm just trusting God today that as we look at it, you know, our understanding will increase. And like I said, our relationship with God will be enriched. So let's start from Hebrews chapter 4 to begin to look at the subject of hearing God. I will read from 12. Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we have to whom we must give account Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need there are a few things that i want you to note in this few um scripture verses that we have read first of all from verse 14 um we're talking about hearing god and then it says the word of god is living and powerful so when we are hearing god we're not just hearing god for the sake of tickling our senses anytime that god speaks to us in whatever way in whatever manner in whatever form that god is speaking to us it is spirit and life that is entering into, you know, that is, that is going into us. It is an injection of eternal life. You know, like scripture says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So we don't hear God for the sake of just the tickling of our senses. Hello, the purpose of hearing God is not to know the future. You know, there are a lot of Christians that feel like the purpose of hearing God is to know the future. The purpose of hearing God is not to know the future. The purpose of hearing God is to walk in intimacy, is to grow in intimacy with God. That is so important as a foundation. I say that again. The purpose of hearing God is not to have facts about what will happen in the future. That's the problem with my friend. His idea of the prophetic or God speaking is about facts and figures, details about the future. That's why all the ideas of, um, you know, people that are calling out phone numbers or, 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 or you know, all those, there's, there's some interesting prophetic, I put it in, in quote, prophetic displays these days 
where somebody may be able to tell your phone number, tell your house address, tell your this thing, and maybe a few facts about what happened to you yesterday or something. And you see people, they'll be so like, um, how do I say? They'll be in so much awe. And you'll be hearing prophesy, man of God, prophesy, and all those kind of things. It is true that one of the means that God speaks to us is through the gifts of the spirit. But when you understand the purpose of hearing God, you will, you will immediately know what you should pay attention to and what is of lesser importance. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. You immediately know what you, you should pay attention. So after you have called my phone number, you have called my house address, you have called where I went to school and all those things. Me, I'm waiting for the word of the Lord. I'm still waiting. You haven't said anything. Because according to this place, the word, of, the word of God is not where I went to school and my phone number. I'm still waiting for the word of God. I'm still waiting for the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is that thing that is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and can pierce even to the division of the soul and spirit. And, and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God that will enter into my life and separate what is me from what is God. The word of God that will enter into my life and, you know, isolate, isolate issues from, bring clarity. Where I've mixed things up. What God wants me to do now. What should be my focus? What is the wisdom of God? What is the way of the Lord? What is God saying to me as an instruction? What is the word of comfort or of edification that is in this thing for me? That's, a, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm a man of God, thank you. I bless God for the gift of God in your life for being able to call out my phone number. But what is the word of the Lord? So that's the first thing I want us to note in that place. That the word of God is not, it has a purpose for why it comes. It comes to build us up in intimacy with God. It's not, for, it's not for knowing the future or for knowing things. For the sake of knowing things. Have you met some people, anything that God speaks to them, they are on Facebook to say, this morning as I was praying, God spoke to me and said, that I should. so why are you here with it? That what should happen? So that we should know that you are great. Is that the idea? I, I mean, there are times, a few times, when somebody truly has a word of the Lord that is for the body, but is is rarely that you have to go to. You, I, 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 I mean, you can you can you can um, you can share what God inspires in your heart. I'm not saying that you can share. I'm I'm saying that in the sense of saying that God told me this. Thing. Why why be questioning why as you are writing that thing that God is the one that told you. I remember that there was a platform I was on when the conversation around these forthcoming elections came, you know, um, just started um, spontaneously. And there was this person that said that anybody that is hearing God or something will vote a particular person. I said, no, I, I beg to disagree with that. I beg to disagree with... As a matter of fact, the person that she was saying that anybody that, ha that is hearing God will vote the person. If I were to vote today, as of today, I will vote that person. But I disagreed strongly. You don't bring God said to convince people to do certain things. I, as in, you don't use God said to control the decision of people. Let's come here. 
talk about your candidate, why I should vote for your candidate. If I'm convinced, I'm convinced. If I'm not convinced, I'm not convinced. Don't use God said to, of course, that person didn't think that that is, I don't think that that's the intention when that they, as I'm going to this platform, I'm going to bully people with God said. But I was just trying to bring out that thing that sometimes, you know, the, the, it's not everything that we throw God said around. Sometimes even when it is God that really said it. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. It is the, the, the things that God speaks to you. I'm just trying to say that the things that God speaks to you, there is, is that purpose. If God is telling me that I should vote somebody, right? Um, even in that, I'm still looking for what is the will of God in it. Why? I'm, I'm interrogating that thing because I want to know the heart and the mind of God. It's not about my candidates. It's not, and it's not about so that I can get everybody to like that person. Because if God wants to make somebody king, God doesn't even need me to vote the person. I don't know whether you're right. It's not my vote that will make somebody to be what God wants them to be, if they are the, to be the ones. Because the, if, if truly God said that that person is going to, is going to be president or whatever, it do, it's not by my vote. I will vote. But it's not by my vote. Right? So let me not dwell on that too much. That's one thing that I want us to notes verse 13 says that there's no creature hidden from his sight all things are naked and open to him to the eyes of him to whom we must give account another thing i want us to see here is the issue of transparency and sincerity when it comes to hearing god and the word of god the issue of being transparent the issue of being sincere because you know god knows everything god already knows every god knows you more than you know yourself God knows you more than you know yourself. When a person is not being open, when a person is not being transparent before God, it is difficult for God to, to speak to you because you are not coming out open. You are not, you are not coming out in the light. You know how, how John said that um, we are writing these things to you. He said in 1 John chapter 1, I think from verse 6 or 7, that these things we write to you so that you can have fellowship with us and our fellowship with the, is with the Father and with the son and then it says that if we walk in the light as is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of jesus cleanses us from all our sins then it says if we say that we have no sin we lie and the truth is not in us you know that thing is not just about it 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 it, it is indicative of conf the confession of sin and if we confess our sins god will always forgive us but that scripture is telling us something that is that is deeper than that that scripture is telling us that if we are not, um, yeah, if we say we have no sin, we, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, there's, I think it's 6, 7. I think it's before these verses where it talks about if we walk in the light as, or something like that, yeah. Okay, so if we walk in the light as in the light, we have fellowship, yes. We, we can. So the issue, of, um, the issue of fellowshipping with God, the issue of walking with God, walking in sync with God, is not an issue of, um, how do I say it, sinless perfection, as is an issue of being sincere and transparent before God. You are not as, you are not as deep as you are morally correct or morally right. I don't know whether you understand. You are as deep as your heart is pure. Your heart is open. Your heart is pure. That is, that, that's the time that God can 
flow with you. Let me use that language. To that degree, God will be able to flow with you. To the degree that you are open, you are transparent. You come before God and you are not, you are not trying to hide anything. You can't even hide anything. But you know there are some of us that... There's something I learned from the prayer life of Jesus. Jesus did not go to Gethsemane and say, My father, ah, where is the cross? Let's go and die. Because I know that this is why I came. I'm just so ready for this thing. I just want to go to the cross right now. I feel like dying. Where is the sword? You know, Jesus didn't do, even Jesus, the son of God, with all his, with all his depth and all his, all the, all his grace. You know, he didn't do that. You know, he actually said to God, I don't want, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want it. I, I really don't want to do this thing. But I'm just praying for grace to go through because it is your will. Right? So that's the level of sincerity that God wants all of us to come to. You come to God, you say it exactly as it is, as it is doing you. Because God already knows. He knows. And it is in that place that the depths of fellowship is in that place that it happens. You know, that, that scripture about um, confessing sin, it doesn't always mean that you arrogate something to yourself even when you have not done anything you know that's not what that scripture is saying it's not saying that anytime you pray you have to think of sin that you have committed sin that you have omitted sin that you have you know people come to god with sin consciousness we are not i don't know what i've done but in case i've done anything and you know that's not what that scripture is saying that scripture is just simply saying that if the holy ghost is pointing to something in your heart don't ignore it for God's sake, don't ignore it and be trying to talk to God about something else. You will hear God properly. God needs to clear the channels for the flow to be pure. If God is pointing to something, don't justify it. Don't excuse it. Don't say it was because she said that's why I reply like that. No, don't do that. Be tender in your heart. Be open. Be soft. Be, be Surrender quickly. Don't don't be there arguing, justifying, excusing, ignoring, defending yourself. That's what that scripture means. Everything is open. So if you point your attention to something, deal with it. That's why he said in that place that if you are going to the altar and you remember that something, you have something against somebody or something else, go and deal with it. If the Holy Ghost is pointing in one direction, don't do as if you are deaf. As if that thing doesn't exist and then you are trying to you know, you're trying to deal with something else, all right? And then, he finally said, we have a great high priest. So, having said that, why are you afraid? Why, why, don't you, why don't you want to deal with that thing? Why don't you want God to speak to that area? Why don't you, even in that, even in that weakness, even in that rebellion, even in that stubbornness, you still have a great high priest. You see, this is why it is so beautiful. Because none of us have it perfect. None of us are fully um, how do I say it? None of us are fully perfected yet. But even with all that stubbornness and rebellion and, and um, all kinds of things that we are carrying around, all the duality and contradiction that we have, we still have a great high priest that was tempted in all ways. He has walked your shoes. He knows how this thing is doing you. And then scripture says you can come. You can come boldly. This is the foundation of fellowship. This is the foundation of intimacy. Come very, very boldly. Come knowing that daddy will speak to you. Come knowing that no sin can stand in the way. 
Come knowing that there is nothing that can be dealt with. When you have problems, when you have issues, don't run from the presence of God to go and sort it out first so that you can come back clean and then God can talk to you. No, that's not how it works. When you have problems and issues and sins and weights that you are dealing with, you run into the presence of God so that he can take it away. He can lift those burdens. He can minister to them. He can speak to you. So your great high priest is not waiting for you to qualify before God can speak to you, before God can fellowship with you. Your great high priest is there to qualify you for fellowship. Is there to qualify you for fellowship. So you are qualified for fellowship. Not on the strength of your spiritual scorecard. How many, how many hours you have prayed. How many things you have gotten right today. How much, how the level of your obedience. No. That's not, that's, not, that's not what determines whether God is going to fellowship with you or not. It is the sacrifice of your great high priest that has settled all that. Hallelujah. So that foundation is very important for us to live. Now, what are the primary ways by which God speaks to us? God speaks to us, one, by his word, two, by his spirit. Now, under the word of God, I'm going to speak about the Logos and the Rema. And then under the spirit, I'm going to speak about uh, the witness of the spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I will get to the gifts of the spirit and visions and revelations. But um, when, you, when we say that God speaks to us through his spirit, it does so through the witness of the spirit. It does so through the voice of the Holy Spirit. It does so through the gifts of the spirit. And it does so through visions and revelations. All these things are the ways by which God speaks to us by his spirit. Then by his word, he can, he can speak to us through what I call the Logos and the Rema. Okay? So, now, let me start breaking a few things down here. The, when, this Hebrews 4.12, the word of God that is there, that is the living word. That's the word that is translated in, in the Greek language as Logos. Now, I don't know whether you have heard before that Logos is the written word. Rema is the, is the spoken word. No, it's not so. That's wrong. Both Logos and Rema are the revealed word. Both Logos can be spoken, it can be written. Rema can be spoken, it can be written. Now, Logos is not the letter of the word. That's what people say. say Logos is the letter of the word. It's the written word. No, Logos is not the letter of the word. Logos is the revelation of the written word of God that teaches us about God's character, God's ways, God's infallible attributes that cannot be changed. If this one, if it is, if this, if the written word is revealed, when it becomes living and active, that is the logos. The letter we kill, that's not the word of God. The logos is the revealed word that reveals the ways of God. Through the logos, we know the character of God. Through the logos, we know the nature of God, the attributes of God. In other words, the logos is what establishes doctrine. That's how we learn about God. We learn about Jesus Christ. We learn about his ways. 
we learn about our spiritual identity and destiny. We, it is it's the Holy Spirit that reveals. If the Holy Spirit is not revealing it, we will not learn all these things. Because we'll just be reading it. We don't understand it. We can't see God in it. We are not getting to know Jesus through it. When we read the word, then you'll be able to say, Jesus is like this and can never be like that. How did I get rid of the spirit of condemnation? Because I, I developed an understanding of the character of the Holy Spirit. I discovered that the Holy Spirit is not possible for the Holy Spirit to minister death. So when the thing is dark, when it is, when it is driving me down into one dark alley where there is no light. I'm not talking physically, I'm talking, you know, in how I'm feeling. And it's looking like there is no remedy, there is no way out. This is not the Holy Ghost, this is an evil spirit. When it is the Holy Spirit, there is conviction unto repentance. You want to go to the presence of God, you want to tell God you are sorry, you want to make it right. There's the energy of redemption accompanying that thing that is going on. There's a way out in it. So you will read the word. You will, uh, you will, some things will happen. You will say, no, it's not. Some, somebody will come and tell you, I have the word of the Lord for you. And say something to you. And you just smile and dismiss it and go away. Because that's not your Jesus. You know, he doesn't talk like that. It's, that's not in his character. That's not his ways. That's not what he does. That's not him. Some things will not cost you prayer points. It will not cost you sleepless nights. You will dream some dreams. You will wake up and say, ah, maybe I ate a last night. You will not even pray because you know that this thing can't happen. It is not, it's not possible because the word of God has already disallowed this thing. Whatever is not is, dis, is disallowed in the word is, is forever permanently disallowed in heaven and on earth. This is not the character of God. God doesn't speak like this. God doesn't do this. Sometimes you have energy to stand against some things. You are seeing a trend in your health. You have energy to stand against because God does not teach me righteousness by sickness. It's not, I'm looking for it in the world. I can't find it. So your faith is strong. Even though you are feeling sick, you are doing the test rubbish. Doctors are saying different kinds of things. When you go to the, say you have microphalagadia, something, something, something that sounds like evil tongues. And you take that report and you take it home and you, 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 you tell God and you tell yourself that I know that this thing doesn't exist because it doesn't exist in you. You know what I'm saying? And somebody say, maybe God is testing you. And then you say, no, none of these diseases because I am the Lord that he lets you. That is revelation of doctrine. He said, none of this is, the, is cannot be the Lord that he lets me and the Lord that make me sick at the same time. We have to choose one. It cannot be. By his stripes, I am healed. Did he say by his stripes, I am made? Okay, if he healed me by his stripes, how, how will he make me sick? By what? I don't understand. Like, you understand? So you can, you can, you can, you can discern the nat nature of certain battles and the position of God on those things because of the revelation of Logos. When you know God, when you know the character of God, when you know your father through the word, then you understand righteousness. You understand what is accepted, what is not accepted. Also, my argument, should I smoke? Is, 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 is uh, listening to music scene? Is some, some, some questions just become foolish immediately. Why? Because you, you know the character of God. You know the character of God. Some, some issues will not be an issue of, I want to hear God on this matter. It will be a, a matter of simple wisdom that comes from the word of God. That is the logos. Now, so... What is then the rema? 
when Matthew, when Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded. The proceeding word there, that one, it is Rema. Let's open to Isaiah 50 verse 4 and read that scripture. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my hear to hear as the learned. Now, this one is Rema. He's speaking about Rema. This one is waking me every morning. And this one speaks of word in due season. It's just as important as the logos. This one is the proceeding word that reveals the progressive purpose of God. Reveals the dynamic agenda of God. Abraham, leave your father's house to a land that I will show you. It's in the Bible today, right? But in the experience of that individual, that was Rema. I don't know whether you understand. Sandra, I want you to wake up 12 midnight for the next three days. I have conversation to have with you. That is Rema. In, in the next season of your life, I want you to pay attention to the book of Kings. And this is what I want you to do about the situation in your father's house and this situation in your office. And that is Rema. It comes as impressions. It comes as, you know, God just inspiring something. It, 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 it can come through different means it that one you may not it will be inspired and founded on the word of god but you may not necessarily be reading the bible when that revelation comes i don't know whether it's it is that one is is around the prog is around the progressive purpose and the dynamic agenda of god okay paul wanted to go where where, where was he going to go Seth? He was he wanted to go somewhere and then he had a dream in the night. A man of Macedonia, a man from Macedonia appeared to him and said, Come over to Macedonia and help us. That is Rema. Peter was going a certain direction, and then he had this trance, and an angel came and all of that. That is and it changed the direction of Peter's ministry and the church at the time. That is Rema. Okay? So we can call it the proceeding word. Is very important. We can call it the proceeding word, and it is you know is is word that often refers to times and seasons. It has something to do with a specific purpose, um, what you should do at a particular time in a particular season, and it is very important to be grounded in the word of God in order to operate in the realm of the spirit successfully. Rema, we have problem if you are not grounded in logos. Whether Rema is coming as a dream, whether it's coming as an impression, whether it's coming as witness of the spirit, whatever is going to have. Have you seen some some people, some, some things that some people will say that it's God that told them to do it? I remember that there was one, there was one situation where a sister was telling me about the president of a fellowship on campus that um I I think you know, uh, was, I can't remember the details, but this is how I remember it. I, I may miss out a few details, but it doesn't matter. It's the, the moral of the story that matters. He was, he asked his particular sister out and was going on, and was going out with that sister, you know, 
for a while and everybody knew them and all that and all of a sudden for no reason for no known apparent reason at all the man of god just served breakfast to the poor sister now you will be you will think that the breakfast is enough abby you know he merely served that breakfast he just got engaged to another sister that just joined the fellowship within a <laughs> ah pastor Zaya does not know what breakfast is okay help somebody should help me tell him what it means to serve somebody breakfast it's not a good breakfast too he told this he broke up with the sister and got engaged to somebody and i think this person was relatively new but a very beautiful sister very very beautiful very when you just see her you know you know you know those kind of sisters you can't miss them and she was very committed came in and all that and you just you know you just you just jilted the person that served, served with you and everybody you know so they the um like maybe they are senior friends or a body to which the, the executive was accountable can't remember if it was pastors from the city or a body of senior friends they had to call a meeting with the executive because the thing became quite scandalous throughout the fellowship you know there were people behind the pastor there were people behind the sister that they said breakfast and it just became really scandalous and all that what is going on okay they, let's help you settle the quarrel what happened between you and this sister he said it's god that told him to serve the breakfast <laughs> she didn't offend you no. <laughs> it's funny to you she didn't offend you no she didn't do anything to you no she didn't do anything to me she didn't offend me she, uh, what happened did you people fight no there was no quarrel is that is god that told him to serve breakfast and go and and go and collect the shiny sister so when you are when people are not grounded in logos you see that does that person now that put that kind of evil thing on god do you think that person knows the character of god no now you don't know god if you knew god if you knew god even if you feel you want to you want to end the relationship with that sister, if you knew god you will not be able to open your mouth to say that it is god that is telling you to do that it's because you don't know god that's why you are able to hang that kind of and you know there are people that are deluded enough to think that god is actually speaking them to them when is they are lost they are lost is speaking to them but they will hang it on god some people will even take decision out of bitterness out of anger they say it's god that told me that i should keep my distance no <laughs> my dear you are peace and it can be okay <laughs> it can even be okay you are in a relationship somebody has betrayed you trust is broken it can take time to build things back but don't lie on god you are angry you are bitter and say it's god that told me to keep my distance mm -hmm. it's not god god will be telling you to forgive god will be giving ministering grace to you when the person doesn't greet you say god will say go and greet the person the thing will be killing you that, that one is god that one is killing your flesh that one is god so it's very important I just need to say that that it is very very important that we are grounded in the word in the logos to be able to operate successfully in the rema 
you know and the word of god you know just that word of being grounded in that word of god is so safe for um for differentiating the truth from error it's so safe from differentiating the truth from error. some error is not it's not this powerful thing that deceives people and nobody can ever know when it's error we don't know we are just praying to god let god give us grace and all of that no the more we increase in lies the more we stay away from darkness the more we stay away from darkness, the more we are grounded in God's word. I mean, I'm not trying to say that so anyone is infallible and no one can fall. I'm just trying to say that the more we are grounded in the understanding of who God is. You know what happens is that a lot of us, when we join churches, the emphasis a lot of times is not on the word of God and on getting to know God. A lot of times the emphasis is on man and their needs. A lot of times the emphasis is on maybe the gift and the calling or the anointing of the man of God. Just be hearing if I be a man of God, if I be a man of God, let something happen here. Let the other one happen there. And you know, people are going to church, they are they are carrying the Bible, but all they are reading, all they know is the this the the promises of God about bread and butter. And they are not nobody is really training them in intimacy with God to know God. By themselves for themselves so later it becomes a problem anybody can tell them anything and then they can receive it they can because they, they there was never a foundation where they grew in the knowledge of god as in knowing god by themselves for who he is through the revelation of his word hallelujah let's read romans chapter 8 verse 16 romans chapter 8 verse 16 the Bible says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, I'm, right now I'm beginning to speak about the spirit. You know, God speaking to us through his spirit. I've already spoken about the word of God and I talked about Logos and Rema. And now I want to, this is the scripture I want to use to introduce to you that the Lord speaks to us by his spirit. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So I said that the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it speaks to us, the, the ways by which we hear God through the Spirit, right? I mentioned the witness of the Spirit. I mentioned the voice of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned the gifts of the Spirit. And I mentioned visions and revelations. So here is the scripture that establishes that the Holy Spirit bears witness. Now, and I'm separate. I'm purposely separating the witness of the spirit from the voice of the spirit, because I, what we find in scriptures and through the life of believers is that one of the primary ways through which the Holy Spirit speaks, through which we hear God by the Spirit, is through the witness of the Spirit. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So our regenerated human spirit and the Holy Spirit, they are one. They are one and the same. They are, they are 100% fused. That's why we always say that in your spirit, you are 100% in the image and likeness of Christ. If you, if, you were to, if you were to see your spirit, there's nothing left to be born again. I don't know whether you understand. What is left that is being saved or that is going through the process of renewal or regeneration is the mind. So the, the, the regenerated human spirit, the born again spirit and the Holy Spirit, they are one. The witness of your regenerated human spirit 
is 100% correct and is the witness of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, it is that green light versus red light. That's all you are going to have. That witness comes as impressions sometimes. Your, 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 your spirit, and I've mentioned this in this place before, your spirit has senses the same way your, your body has senses. Like, in your, your body has the sense of taste, the sense of, uh, what, what else do we have? Sight, smell, and, and uh, all these things. The same way the regenerated human spirit has all of this, uh, has some senses as well. Con conviction is, you know, when you say I have conviction about something, you are just sure that you are sure that you know that this is the will of God. This is the mind of God on this issue. Peace, joy, those are signals that will make you know that yes, I am, and when, once your peace and joy is, is removed, you know that no, I am not, I'm not, I'm not going in the right direction. So the Holy Spirit, the, there's the witness of the Spirit that produces peace, that produces joy, that produces conviction, that produces, you know, a sense of discernment and inspiration and affirms that God is pleased with you. You are on the right path. This is the right thing that you should be doing or this is not the right thing that you should be doing. And that witness will never be a witness with flesh. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's why I, I was making those decisions that I was making. The flesh naturally hates truth. The flesh will not be... The flesh and the Holy Spirit, like Galatians says in verse 5, they are not friends. They will, they will always be colliding. They will always be fighting. But you will know that you... You will just know that you know that you know that this is what the Lord is leading me to do. This is what I feel conviction in my spirit to... Um, this is the path that I feel that God wants me to follow. Now, let me just quickly say that when it comes to the witness of the spirit and, and the impressions of the spirit, and when I'm saying witness of the spirit or impressions of the spirit, I, I want you to again understand and separate it from, there are times when the Holy Spirit speaks and I will, and I will get to that, but there are times when you are not specifically hearing words. I don't know whether you understand. You just know, you just know, you just know. A lot of times when people say, and something told me that I should not take that place to. It's not like they heard a voice. That's something that told them. It was a feeling. It was a knowing. They just knew. And something told me. It was a, it was a feeling. It was a knowing. A lot of times, believers are not even attuned to that witness of the spirit. We are not... Are, we are not um, alive to it. We are not aware of it. It happens a lot and we don't even know that that thing is the witness of your... Because there's no way for you to naturally know that thing. You didn't calculate it. You didn't, you, it's not something that you can permutate and say, okay, by now I should... I. You just... Sometimes you just know that you know that you know that today this thing is going... Or I shouldn't go to that place. Or I shouldn't... I remember when we were... Uh, sometime in our early marriage, we used to travel um, to my husband's hometown almost every Christmas. 
well, not like almost like the first few years when we were married, we, we always go barring anything, almost always. And then there was one Christmas that you know it was saying that we we're going to go, we we're preparing to go. I mean, we we're, we're already talking about it, and I didn't want to go. I just did not want to go. I I just felt like this one no. But the the year before too, I didn't want to go. And that, that year before, I didn't want to go because I was heavy and I was tired. I was pregnant. I it wasn't just it wasn't that the Holy Spirit said anything. And I really didn't want to go that year. And it almost caused problems, you know, because. <laughs> I was, I mean, you know, when you want to do something and somebody does, they shall drag me there. <laughs> so I didn't want that atmosphere around our Christmas again. I didn't want not to go and I didn't know how to say it. I just, and you know, I, I, I was just praying about it. I said, God, if we're not supposed to go to this one, because I, I just didn't have peace about the journey, you know? It wasn't about the place. It was about that journey. I wasn't having peace about it. And out of, I didn't, I didn't even have the discussion. I didn't even say anything to him. I just, I was just, I just said, okay, God. Thing is, if I say I don't want to go or something, I don't know. It's going to sound exactly the same as last year. It's going to sound like you don't always want to go anyway, you know. And all of a sudden, my husband just said, we are not going. I don't know if he had the same witness or something, or it was, he just said, no, we are not going. I don't know what conversation was held in on his side with his family. I don't. He just said we are not going. I'm like, okay, thank you, Holy Ghost, because I knew that no, we are not going this year. Sometimes you just know like that, and when you know, self, it's not every time that you know something that you should go and talk. You understand what I'm trying to say? You just know you that knowing that you know, self, you don't even know how to say it. That you know that this thing is going to go this way or something is going to happen, but. I, it's just a witness of the spirit. And when you have that thing, don't ignore it. I didn't ignore it. I didn't say, I could separate it from the flesh of last year that I didn't want to go because, you know, and that, that, that year before, when I didn't want to go, you know what the Holy Spirit, and I was, I was really stubborn about, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. The Holy Spirit said to me, Tokwe, your own is, your own must not always happen. That was what the Holy Spirit said to me the previous year. He said, your own must not always happen no that one and no your own you know you know like it's not always every time that is your own way that must happen but it, and just the f- next year it was the holy spirit saying don't go i don't know whether you understand so in the pre- so it's not a formula i don't know whether you understand there are people that don't like their in-laws and they will say the holy spirit said we should not go and see my mother-in-law it's not a formula it's not a formula. If you don't like your mother-in-law, the Holy Spirit will probably tell you to go. It will probably tell you to go. If you don't like your, if, if you, if you, if you are struggling to walk in love towards anyone, the Holy Spirit will be prompting you to take those actions that are, um, that are difficult for your flesh. So what I'm trying to say is that the weakness of the Holy Spirit, one way to test it is that the flesh doesn't like it much. <laughs> the flesh doesn't always, if the thing is sweet on the flesh, is what the flesh wants to do. Be checking that witness. Because the, with the Holy Spirit and your regenerated human spirit, they are always on. But there are times when it doesn't even have to do with, a fle- with the flesh. It's just an instruction. Don't ignore it though. Please listen to it. Don't enter. Don't enter. Don't go. Don't go. Don't, don't do. Don't do. Follow through. Follow through. Go. Go. Don't waste time on it. Don't. Because I've, in my experience, I've learned that if you ignore that thing, usually there's big regrets waiting at the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, um, 
Yeah. Let's also read James chapter 3 verse 17. Still on the issue of the witness of the spirit. James chapter 3 verse 17. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will be witnessing. Some people will say confirm. Until three people confirm it to me that I shouldn't go. Until the, until the whole Nigeria has a dream. Until somebody has... You'll be fleecing God. You say, to, like Gideon. You put wool outside. When it's wet, I will know that it is God. God will wet it. He say, no, I will put another one. When it's dry, that's the time that I will know that it is God. Say that. No, no, no. You really... Just go and do what you really want to do and leave God alone. You know, sometimes we are like that. You know. You, you'll be fighting that thing. Like, to a stance, you will ground it. And when you are like that, when you when you are rebellious, you sear your conscience and you become dull. That thing will that thing will not be sharp again. That's the problem. When you practice disobedience and lawlessness enough, you will stop being sharp because the, the Holy Spirit will not always strive with man. I hope you know. That's what it says. It said, My spirit won't always strive with man. So when you when you are the rebellious type, you will always do what you want to do. You will fleece and fleece. You will, you, will, you will delay and delay. You will corrupt your heart. What will happen is that you corrupt your heart. After a while, is what you want to hear that you'll be hearing. You know, that's what uh, the, uh, the prophet Ezekiel. He said, these people, speak to them according to the idol of their heart. I've witnessed, I've green. You know, sometimes what I do is, if, even if I'm not sure, I'm sure, I'm not sure. Let, okay. Pause it first now. Nobody is going to die. I don't know whether you understand. Let's pause it until we are sure. To the degree that the thing is, is, is dragging my soul, to that degree I know that I need to take a step back from this thing. If I can leave it, I know I'm safe. If I cannot leave it, that thing is very unsafe. I don't know whether you understand. So sometimes when you are not even sure, you are not sure. You're not sure. A lot of people, when they come to me, say, is he the one? Is he not the one? I'm hearing God. I don't know whether it's him. I don't know whether it's not him. I used to tell them, I said, the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Even me, in the beginning, I didn't know. Because I've received all kinds of, you know when you receive all kinds of word, all kinds of, is he the one? Is he not the one? I be the one. After a while, I just told myself, look, give yourself peace. If he's not the one, you will know eventually. The, it's a, the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter on this planet. Nobody puts um, gun to your head that you must say yes today or that you must even go and toast him. Because in my own case, I even knew that I was the one before he came. The final test was that, it, because I went through all kinds of faces, because I had my own struggles, I, it was not the picture I had in my mind. <laughs> see me do, did one throwback on <laughs> On TGC family yesterday. If you want to know the kind of struggle I was having, go and look at that picture. The kind of struggle I was having in my mind, you know, when really this is not where you want to go. So, okay, is it the one? Is it not the one? Part of the right light, the part of righteous is like a shining. That's the way I finally said all this. The part of the righteous is like a shining light. I'm just trying to. I'm just saying, telling you this to say that some things are common to all of us. There's no, there's nobody that never doubts, you know. But there are some steps you can take in safety. What does that mean for me? If it is this guy, the peace and joy and assurance will increase. If it is not him, the sense of trepidation, fear, darkness that I, that's what will be increasing. And there's, there's nobody set marriage date or childbearing date for me. 
If he's not the one, okay, on to the next. If he's the one, be it unto me according to your word. So I'm just trying to say that sometimes it's even safe for you to take a step back and leave the thing. Leave it for God and allow time and God to assure you in his will or to reveal to you that, okay, that was flesh or that was an assumption. That was not me. James chapter 3 verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is first of all what? Is pure. Is then what? Is then what? Is then what? If the thing is having force, it's very forceful, doesn't listen to anybody, it's against everything. You know, there was a time that somebody came to me too for counseling. There was a lot of conflict around our relationship and a lot of things were just not, there was like issues. I don't know whether you understand, issues, problems around. I said, okay, leave it first now. If it is God, you think he's handicapped? You think God is struggling? You think all these people now that you even feel that Maybe they can't stand against the will of God now. But the wisdom from... Some, because sometimes... You see, let me tell you something. Sometimes some, some issues are beyond yes and no. It's not the yes it is or no it is not that is the subject of the will of God. It's not you're doing it or you're not doing it. It's not you're going or you're not or you're staying. It's not you're accepting the job or not accepting. I don't know whether you understand. The issue of God's will is deeper than that. Sometimes God has said yes, but the way you went about the yes is not how God wants. You have broken purity. You have broken peace. You have broken wisdom. You have broken everything. It's not from above. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. It's not, so sometimes it's not just the action. The, the action by itself stand alone. We need to understand the heart and the mind of God when he speaks. It is willing to yield. It is full of mercy. It is full of good fruits. It is without partiality. It is without hypocrisy. This is a very good lens to filter th things through. You know, in terms of when we are talking about the weakness of the spirit. Hallelujah. Now let's quickly look at the voice of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. Acts 13 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So there are times when the Holy Spirit actually speaks, you hear his voice. And hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is not always a it's not always audible, external. You know, when, when, when we say we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's not always thou or light on now. No. Is it, a, you, you remember that, that uh, scripture? I won't read it for time, but I have it here. First Kings 19, 11 to 13. First Kings 19, 11 to 13. When Elijah went to hear God in the Mount of Oreb, you remember that there was fire that tore the rock and, uh, and earthquake and the very great wind and all of that. But at the end of the day, and the, you know, very spectacular encounter, but Bible says that the Lord was not in the wind. The Lord was not in the fire. So when we say hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's not a spectacular. Don't be looking for spectacular. You understand? It's not, it's not, it's in the, it's still small voice. In fact, in fact, if you are stubborn enough, you will quench it. Is that still? Is that? It doesn't shout. It doesn't drag. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't drag. The only thing that will happen is that the more you resist the Holy Spirit, the less peace that you will have. The more you violate your conscience, the more you, the more you wound yourself. So you may not have peace, you may not have joy, you may have a dark cloud over you. It's not the Holy Spirit that is producing it. It's because your human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one and you are going against yourself. You are going against your essential nature as a child of God. But the Holy Spirit, it doesn't shout, it doesn't drag. You never hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as a shouting voice. Shouting down. In fact, it's Satan that shouts down and tries to drown every other voice. Bombard you but when you are quiet, and that's why you need a lot of quietness. You know, sometimes you need to quiet your heart. You need to, you need to, you need to take your worries to God in prayer, cast your cares. Then you, you use worship to serenade your heart, create an atmosphere of peace. Quiet down, quiet down on the inside. And then you just hear the still, small voice. It is so still that you need to develop sensitivity to it. That's another thing about the still small voice. So, to hear the voice. You know, just like the witness of the Holy Spirit, some people, they will never hear. Not because he's not speaking, he's even speaking, but they are not sensitive. They haven't cultivated the, the consciousness of the presence of God. Con cultivated sensitivity to the Spirit, consciousness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You wake up in the morning, you just rush through your devotion, sharaba, 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 sharaba. Then you start chasing the bus down the street in Lagos. You do that, then, you know, when you get in the bus, you are so tired, you are even sleeping, and all that. Conductor might change you, might change you. Then you get into the office. Before you get into the office, the work has already piled. As you are going through the day, you are just so much no, no time. Meanwhile, another person is in the same job as you, but knows how to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. Can put earphones in their ears, thank you, and disconnect themselves from the environment. I remember there was a time my, my husband my husband was in advertising in the in his early in the early days of his career. Advertising is the headquarters of Babylon. Is, is, is the seat of, I don't know, I don't, as in like all kinds of things go on in, as, and, in, and, his, and his, his organization where he was working then, it was a foremost, it was one of the main advertising agencies. In, I mean, this was the agency that was doing MTN, Unilever, all those guys. So it was big. It's not the small, small ones that are coming up. It's a major one. It's a major headquarters of things. You know, in terms of like the, the kinds of things that people do and the, kind of, the quality of people that you work with, the values. You do what it takes to get what you want and you have to be in the trend and be ahead of the trend, Seth, you know. That kind of environment, all kinds of things that happened um, in that place. But I remember one day he told me that he was at his desk working and one of, the, one of his colleagues came and just was like, ah, what are you always listening to and all that? Because if he's not directly speaking to you or in a meeting or if he, if he has, when it's time to just do his work or his, his, his big head set, he has blocked the whole world out. So the person just came and said, what are you always listening to and all that? And, you know, um, just put the thing. And then she first of all went quiet. And then she said, no wonder you are always peaceful. No wonder you are so different. She's not a Christian. She doesn't, and I'm, I, I, I don't think she has ever heard Hillsong before in her life. 
But you know, one, for, for one strange second, peace just entered your life because of a type of music that you are listening to. And you know, he didn't know that that was the testimony he had in that environment of that chaos. People are doing anything to meet targets, to, to get ahead, cut throats, competition, stay in, the, stay in the good books of MD, be ahead, bring the best ideas and nothing. But there's this one guy that is just an oasis of calm, peace in the midst of that chaos, complete chaos. So you can be in the same work environment with somebody, but you know how to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know how to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know how to hear God. I remember the first working environment I got into as a copper. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about, you know, after, it, after a while of praying about them and praying about that office, he revealed a lot of things to me in that office. I remember getting there. I was, I was, you would think that I was a normal copper. I was, of course, I wore, I wore uniform on the day and I showed up. I, I wasn't preaching at work and I was not reading Bible when I was supposed to be working. I gave it my best. But you see, the, before I entered that, they, 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 they did not know that they didn't have normal woman being there. I'm like, you see, in this, in this place, while I am here, unrighteousness will bow to Jesus. While I am here, I outlaw iniquity in this place. I didn't know that there was all kinds of things going on in that. I was serving, I was, I was, I served in Cross River State. You see that Cross River State is the headquarters of hey, Jesus. Oh, ah, many coppers died. Not physical death, spiritual death. Because by the time you see them, even if you don't believe in mommy water, if you see these girls, you will know that there's mommy water truly in life. And they give you as gift when you come. They, I had a doctor friend that ran away. If he ran away, first of all, went to go and marry his fiance and then came back. Because the house he rented, the landlady gave the daughter as welcome something to. They closed by five. By five that life has started, you know, and where I was working, it was the same. It was a lifestyle. It was a, it was a, it was a computer institute. They had a training part of it. They had a trading part of it, you know, in the early days. And not very big. They had a very big complex and different things were going on there. But as teacher was sleeping with students, MD was sleeping with secretary, MD was sleeping with coppers, all those kind of things. Um, and I didn't know when I entered, I was just a naive copper that righteousness and unrighteousness cannot Cohabit in the same environment. I'm the least person here. I'm collecting the least salary. In fact, they won't pay the salary. But that's not why I came. I'm on a mission. <laughs> it's not. So I was entering the office like a normal human being every day. But I was governing that atmosphere. And because of that, the Holy Spirit will tell me, "You see, this one is almost ripe. We'll be praying. This one will soon give their lives to Christ. This one, this is what we have. I had. One girl that hated me." To the core, she won't greet me. She would do all kinds of things, and we we're sharing the same office. Of course, I was not because I had, I had inside information. I wasn't reacting to her. I knew what was going on, you know, until the day that the Holy Ghost broke her too. So what I'm just saying is that you need sensitivity. When, when if if everything that is doing other people is what is doing you, what they are chasing is what you are chasing. How is doing this world is how is doing you. You too, you are sweating and, and running after things that they are running after, you don't have time to be sensitive. You don't have time to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this matter? What are you, what are, wh why am I here? What is the agenda for today? You don't have time for that. So you have to cultivate that sensitivity, that quietness, that stillness 
for you to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, you can read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Um, the gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Those six gifts, they are gifts through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Of course, the gifts of the Spirit are primarily for the edification of the body. They are for ministering to the body of Christ, to people. But they are means through which their impressions are means through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us as well. A lot of people confuse gifts of the Spirit with people. Somebody may have the gift of prophecy. And then you say, I am a prophet. You are not a prophet. It's different from the five-fold ministry as mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4 of pastors, teachers, apostles, evangelists, and prophets. Any believer can walk in the gift of prophecy as a matter of fact. The Holy Spirit distributes severally to every man as he wills. What does that mean? If you make yourself available and you are growing in the spirit and you are desirous of it, the Holy Spirit will give you and use you. It's not, it's not something that some people have, some people don't have. Now, to add to that, if you, if you yield yourself enough in a certain capacity it can become a resident gift this is what i mean all of us here now paul said it we are all supposed to be prophesying i hope you know i hope you know i will still teach that one day because some people find it difficult say why are you randomly prophesying why are you randomly speaking in tongues <laughs> did you not read in the book of acts that every time they spoke in tongues they prophesied Aha, uh -huh. even then in first Corinthians chapter 14, Paul taught it. All of you are supposed to be prophesying. All of you. So the Holy Spirit can use anyone with any gift, word of wisdom, word of knowledge at any time. But a time comes with enough yielding and growing in a particular area, a gift can become residence. For an example, interpretation of tongues is a gift that is resident with me. I can almost always know the interpretation of a given tongue not tongue that somebody's praying to god tongue that is a message to the church and there are people that work in other other capacities and i know sharp word of knowledge almost always they will prophecy as there are people that you know as long as the water is spared, stirred, there's inspiration there's the atmosphere of spirit they will prophesy it has become a resident gift with them others is word of wisdom right those are ways by which the holy spirit also speaks to us now visions and revelations is also another way by which the holy spirit speaks to us there are different kinds of visions again i'm not able to go into it today there's open vision there's closed visions there are trances there are visions of the night dreams some people they am not not joseph not, not no i don't dream that as in i dream nonsense you understand like i dream things but if I dream and it has a meaning, I know immediately I wake up. That this one is not a regular, all those things dream. No, no, no. The one that has sense, immediately I wake up. And when I dream those kind of dream, those dreams can detail the next five years for me. I will know in specific detail who is in my life, what will happen, what they will do, what I should do. Is that Detailed, but it doesn't come every time. Doesn't it? Does, it's not like that, like that. Some people are always dreaming. As soon as they close their eyes, they're always dreaming. So it can come in any ways. A lot of people have closed visions without knowing. 
They say déjà vu. Do you believe in déjà vu? It's not déjà vu. A lot of Christians have done close vision thinking it's déjà vu. It's not déjà vu. I've been here before. I've seen this thing before. Close vision happened to you at a time when you were not sensitive. But you know when you know these things, you become sensitive. You will cultivate the sensitivity, the growth, the maturity to know what is happening and what you should do so that when it's happening, it's not the javu that happened to me sometime, somewhere and, and all that and you know, the way I'll just close today is that, it's the Holy Spirit that chooses how to speak to us at any time but it is his desire that we desire intimacy that we desire his manifestation in our lives, that we desire that he speaks to us, that we desire the gifts of the Spirit. It is his desire that we cultivate that sensitivity so that we'll always be still and we'll hear um, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And there are a few things that can be helpful. One, pray in tongues a lot. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. You are cooking, you are walking. You are just pray in the Spirit. If you pray in tongues a lot helps you develop your humans um your human spirit the capacity of your human spirit helps to increase your sensitivity in the spirit two when you are under the ministry of the fivefold because they are supposed to equip the saints for ministry authentic fivefold ministry if you are growing under them your your those capacities will be enlarging it will be it will be increasing the third thing is the corporate anointing you know how Paul said, when all of you come together, when all of us come together, the corporate anointing is there. You will just find out that ah, I've never, you know, there are some people that, I think last Wednesday, somebody came to me, the, you know, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit was so strong. She said, this has not happened to me in a long time. It's the corporate anointing. Just, just keep, that's why Paul said, when you come together, somebody has a tongue, somebody has an interpretation, somebody has a psalm. So you don't have it at home, you have it in church. It's, in, it's in, the, in the midst of the corporate anointing that those things are stirred. And as they are stirred, you know, you grow in them, you go home, continue to cult- cultivate sensitivity to the spirit, and they become resident capacities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Praise the Lord.